Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where good games come from Japan. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beach. <laughs> they pretty much do, yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking about JRPGs again, because, well, partially again. because it's been a while, but mostly because... BJ kind of had like a JRPG revelation in the last week, and that's mostly what I want to talk about. So why don't you tell us what happened in the last week, and we'll start there. Okay, so last week we were we were talking about Nino Kuni on the Nino Kuni Two on the podcast. It was part of something like I might be trying it soon, and I decided the next morning to download it on Steam to try to do the two hour return to see you know if it's worth picking up. Um, well, it was fantastic. Like it's really 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 good and i see exactly why austin was spending so much time in it and before i knew it i was 118 minutes in on the steam version of it and it hadn't crashed it hadn't done anything uh like overwatch had been doing on my computer so i kept it and i loved it and i realized that i got so invested in it that I realized that all of the games that I've really liked and stuck with over the last few years and pretty much my entire life have been some sort of JRPG or RPG and of some sort. And even on my PS4 when I got it, it was Final Fantasy 15 and the Kingdom Hearts games that I got first and that I've been playing so long and get really excited about. And I always keep trying so many other games like Monster Hunter World and Battlefront 2 or yeah, it's Battlefront 2, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 and all of these and I I love them for a very short time. And then I just can't move forward in them. I get bored for some reason, even if they're really fantastic games. And I was really thinking back and looking back at old games I've played and old uh, copies of old games I have for different systems. And they're all either JRPGs or platformers, really. I might have a, an occasional adventure game or like survival horror game or something in there, like the Resident Evils, but most of the time, it's JRPGs and platformers, and those are really the ones that keep my attention for the longest period of time. And even then, I was looking at how much I'd loved Nino Kuni 2, that it was, it's just a brilliant game, and I'd never even played the first one. And for a while lately, I've been thinking that if it's, I've been out of JRPGs, because they haven't Square Enix hasn't really been putting out anything worthwhile as a whole and so I just haven't been playing them and then when I was looking at all the stuff that I had played it was most of my favorite ones weren't even uh, Square Enix JRPGs they were just uh, JRPGs of different kinds made by different companies that yeah I like the Final Fantasy games and Square games but there were just tons of them that weren't so i kind of had this revelation that maybe i should just play some of the jrpgs that are coming out instead of like paying 60 dollars for monster hunter and not being able to return it that kind of thing that when it just didn't work for me for the long term and it was it was interesting because i thought back of things like I, i realized this what got me to actually realize it was when i was looking up nino kuni and level five the company who made it um 
and they made Dark Cloud. Their first game was the PS2 JRPG Dark Cloud, and I still have my copy of Dark Cloud on the PS2. It was one of the first PS2 games I ever had, and I loved it. And I realized, well, of course I loved Nino Kuni. I didn't realize that they had made Dark Cloud, and that's got me looking back at like Wild Arms and the Golden Sun games and Lunar, Silver Star Story, and Silver and Etern- Lunar Two, Eternal Blue, Grandia. Uh, and Grandia 2, I think on the Dreamcast, maybe? Vandal Hearts, Legend of Lagaya, Breath of Fire, Illusion of Gaia, just all of these have nothing to do with Square. And they were all these just games that I I have attached myself to. I, I, they have an emotional, I don't even know, they just have this sentiment there that's like, oh yeah, these are the games I grew up with. So I'm kind of looking and giving myself a backlog of jrpgs to go through because there's so many i haven't played and well i think it's it was, it's kind of interesting that this is a revelation for you because it really felt like that like texting you back and forth yeah. this week and like you were kind of putting it out on twitter a little bit too but i mean you and i talked about it also like to me um you you aren't like a general video game player i know like you're always willing to talk to me about whatever i'm playing which rocks and it makes this podcast work the way that it works but in terms of the games that you actually enjoy and that like you are a player of i always think like platformers jrpgs and mmos and that's kind of your wheelhouse and i guess i didn't realize that you hadn't put that together for yourself maybe it's more obvious for me because i'm not like in your head right um so i can see it clearer like i know for myself um I kind of I'm a very I'm a generalist when it comes to video games. You know, there's a right. couple genres that I don't usually like, like sports games, but even there there's a couple exceptions. Um the only game genre that I just hard just don't enjoy is like horror, but even right. there, I mean, there've been a couple Resident Evils throughout the years that have snuck through. Like in my head, you are a way bigger JRPG fan than I am. I just play through them faster when I get into them. Okay, that's fair. And I usually get intimidated by them because they're really long. And I'm trying not to do that right now, not really be intimidated by the thousands of hours I have ahead of me in so in the games that I'm actually thinking about playing soon. And it's you're right. I mean, those are the games that I've always played. Those have always been the games that I've played since I was a, a kid. Those are the ones that I like the most that, yeah, I like some first-person shooters, but I don't like the Call of Duty-style first-person shooters, and I tend to get bored more quickly with them. Um, things like that, but and I enjoy them, but I can't... I'm never going to be one of those those people waiting on God of War, even though that sounds fantastic, and I will pick that up. Like, I know I'm going to play this new God of War when it's on... Uh, when there's a PlayStation sale on it. I absolutely know it. But... Um, now I'm like having kind of put that in my head like I've always been drawn to them but I didn't actually realize that I always thought I was like a Final Fantasy fan that I really just like Square Enix games or Squaresoft games and then the more I thought about it I was like no nah dude it's it's all of them. You need to stop avoiding these low, like, no, not no name, but lower recognition RPGs because you've probably missed out on a whole lot of good ones if Nino Kuni is this good and you've never touched any of the uh, any of the games and you loved their first game. Right. Like, and what's like, wrong with you, like, dude? I'm the Final Fantasy fan. Like, I am a Square Enix fan in a lot of ways. And, like, there are other JRPGs outside of that that I enjoy, but 
I think you're way more broad when it comes to this genre than I am. And again, I'm kind of surprised you didn't put it together. So I want to hear about your mini backlog because I know you have one now, which is kind of exciting for you. Um, it's exciting <laughs> yeah. for me too, just seeing all these games that you're interested in. I'm like, oh, I want to hear about them. <laughs> but I, I, I need to know, what is it about Nino Kuni 2 that triggered this for you? Like, how did you it, figure this out through playing this game? Was there a moment or like, well, like what happened? It, I don't know. It's like there hasn't been a game since really, I'm trying to think of the time that I got it, that Breath of the Wild kind of hit on it, but that's not even a JRPG. It, it, it is, but it isn't. It, it's different. It's, it's an a Zelda game. game. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's an action a Zelda game. game. Yep. But it, it's so it kind of hit that. But I was like, oh, I'm going to invest a lot of time in this, and then then I was I was finished. And this one kind of had that same Zelda feeling. But when I started playing Nino Cooney, it was immediately the going into battles, the way the battle system worked. It felt like a mix between Kingdom Hearts and kind of a mix between Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy 15, where it didn't have, I didn't really like the combat in 15. It was fine. And it was, a, it's more advanced a little bit than say Birth by Sleep, the Kingdom Hearts game. So it's somewhere in the middle there. And it's just, it's fun to play. And then there was this story and this world. That's really what got me. It's like, I'm not fully invested in this world, uh, but it's it, there's enough going on that I feel that there's a history there. And as I moved through, it's very obvious that the first game, the first Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch on the PS3, was that they did a lot of world building to lead up to this one. And so I'm missing things out on this, and that excited me, that I will be able to play the game before this and learn things that led up to it. And so just the idea of this story and these characters doing this that this one actually hooked me at the very beginning in the first scene because the the very first scene of the game is going into a cinematic and there is this dude who is the president of some nation it looks like there it's got an eagle on it but it's not necessarily the united states but he's in the back of his car he's the president and he is driving across a bridge and a missile shoots across the bridge in front of him just parallel with his car and explodes over the city that he's driving into uh, where it's basically a nuke and like not a nuke but a big 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 bomb like just explodes and, and decimates things and he gets knocked out like there's all this destruction and he wakes up in this fantasy world that Nino Cooney's in and I just kind of sat there and looked and I was like I want to know what's going on and that doesn't happen terribly often in a in a JRPG just from the very beginning, but I'm like, that's weird and neat, and I want to know why. And so I just kept playing it, and it's it's beautiful that it really is. I've heard that playing Nino Kuni was like playing a cartoon, and it looks like you're playing a Studio Ghibli cartoon or however you pronounce it. It looks just like a cartoon. It's ridiculous. So it's the world. It's not the story or the systems, even though it seems the, like those helped, but it's like being in a JRPG style world that got you into yeah. a headspace for it. And it's and it's super weird because this is mega anime world. And those of you who listen who know this, I know Capsule J has, has told me this before. I think it was Jay who said it's weird that I don't like anime because I like some really weird anime JRPGs. Yeah, you do. And you really do. It, it's like, I can get into this and I'm cool, but I think it's the interaction with it because the story overall in this is just kind of 
it's standard fare, I guess, but it's got enough humor in it that I think it works. That uh, there's one city where love is forbidden. So in order to meet the queen, they have to stage this wedding on top of a building uh, to get arrested and brought in. And it was just Jennifer was watching it and she was like, so this is the game you've been going crazy over. <laughs> and she was having to be in my office when I was playing it. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, Okay, I'm glad you like this. And it just is, I can get so into it. I'm like, yeah, they're doing that. And it was super anime, the entire thing. And it's like, yep, I would hate this on TV, but because I'm playing it, I'm, I'm all in. Cool. And the story's cool. It's like this dude who wants to unite the world. And, and this one got me, okay, so you're going to, you, I hope you like this game. I'm like, going to try it. Like I mean, you gushing over this game. I'm going to try this. It just, um, I wish I had known how much you loved this game like a month ago when I had like a whole month in front of me without any new releases. Right. Like this week is not going to happen with Yakuza 6. And well, hey, Yakuza 6 in a lot of ways is a GRPG just kind of like with an action game wrapping, but that's yeah. a different conversation. Um, that's true. But with Yakuza 6 and God of War, like I'm probably not going to get back to this game for a little bit, but it is on my radar in a way that I totally dismissed it before because you're just gushing over it. And I dismissed it too because I had... I'd heard Austin, I, when Austin and I used to drive to work together, when we worked together, he ordered Nino Cooney off Amazon just kind of on a whim after reading some reviews, the first one. And he was telling me how great it was. And the more he described it, the less I thought I was going to like it. And so when I went into two, I was, I'd avoided it for the same reason, but I guess my head's in a different place now where just knowing this is a silly world where it's kind of... Did you ever read the Redwall books? No, I know of them, though, obviously. Okay. I think most people it, do. It's a world populated by animals. I mean, there are... This one is, is the same way. that it, This is kind of like a JRPG in Redwall, where the animals, there are mice and rats and cats and dog people and things like that, that one of the characters is named Master Pugnacious, and he runs a casino, and he's a giant pug dog uh, in a robe, and it's this weird world but it's like reading a redwall anime honestly it's it's weird and the 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 main character wants you is wanting to unite the world and create a kingdom where everyone can be happy like that's his entire goal that is the story of this is to make everybody happy and it's like okay it's silly and there's no way this is going to work but i'm all in let's see what you can do kid and it's just it's fun to play. Okay, that's fair. I just wanted to hear, like, why? Because, I mean, this was the week where it all kind of clicked for you. So, yeah. obviously, you're going to be playing more JRPGs, it seems like, from now on. Yeah. You said you have a backlog for the first time in years, yeah. because once you got in the right headspace, you're like, oh, there's all these JRPGs. And I'm looking at your list here. It looks like a mixture of new games and maybe replays, or at least revisits of games you might not have given, like, the time of day before. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm going to play the first Nino Kuni, and I'll probably play something else between this one and that one so I don't get uh, Nino Kuni'd out. And uh, oh, by the way, Nino Kuni means the second country in Japanese. Uh, I looked it up uh, to see because I was like, I had no idea. And 
but I'm going to play it, and then this weekend when I go to Disney, uh, it's Austin is going to let me borrow Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for the Switch. So I'm really excited to start that because he told me that he really loves the characters in this one, and that's what made me bounce off of the first Xenoblade Chronicles, that whenever I started on the 3DS, I hated the characters, and he told me that they are some of his favorite characters outside of Final Fantasy IX. So that was really high praise from him because he loves nine more than any person i know uh, even more than you and me he loves nine more wow so when for him to compare the characters in xenoblade chronicles 2 to nine it's like okay cool i have to play this game and uh so i've got that one coming and i'm also going to borrow the first nino kuni from him and then you tweeted me recently i can't remember if it was today maybe that cosmic star heroine is finally being released on the vita next week well which is actually this week as you're listening when, yeah we recorded this ahead. is being released i know we said that on the last episode but yeah we're recording a week ahead so by the time this episode is out uh it is out on Vita this week, if not already out by the time you're listening to this. Yep. So um, that will probably be the next one I play because I really, really love the battle system in that one. And I'm only about two hours in on Steam because I've been waiting on a handheld that I've wanted to play this one for a long time. It was a Chrono Trigger uh, spiritual successor that was kickstarted, in case y'all don't know, that uh, when Void was telling me about it, man... A year ago, a year and a half ago, I went and pre-ordered it while we were recording the podcast because I got so excited about it. And when it came out, I really wanted it on handheld like it was supposed to be, and it got delayed. So now I'm just waiting on the handheld. It comes out next week. So I'm going to play it and then probably Nino Cooney. And um, like I know that you didn't like Disgaea 5. Tell me why you didn't like Disgaea 5, because I can't remember. I know there that are, we were talking about yeah, it no, uh, on a podcast the, earlier. All of the Disgaea games have too many systems that don't actually matter. And I know hmm. that you can ignore a lot of them safely and play through the game, but I feel... When I see systems, I want them to work elegantly together, and I want them to be interesting enough that I can like throw my brain at it and really engage with oh, them. Okay. And so this is a game that it's like it's a mix of what the game is offering and the way that I approach systems that there's just a clash there because like my okay. brain wants to invest in every system and figure out how they work together and then optimize it. But this is a game where oh. every single item in the game has like a thousand levels inside of it that you can play through as like one-off battles that will increase the level of the item for every item in the game. Like this game yep. is almost infinitely deep, but in a way that just, makes me know that i have to step away from it okay and you say it's infinitely deep and everything about it for me is i say this game is dumb and it's dumb in the best way i don't remember how many weeks ago it was when we were talking about how much that's a great compliment for me is that austin hated disguise 5 2 so immediately when both of you guys hated it i went and downloaded it on the switch the demo of it and loved it like i just i love it and uh because it's dumb the setting is silly there i mean it's ridiculous and absurd and does not take itself seriously the the battles if you go watch the official trailer that the switch that nintendo released for the switch like you see all of the characters jumping on top of each other creating a tower and then the bottom person slapping the enemies with an entire tower of your team of, of characters as an attack on the strategy RPG. So it's ridiculous and it's dumb. So all of those systems together, I don't have to take seriously. So it just kind of 
it's not elegant. The systems aren't elegant, and I like that about it. So for me, this is the kind of strategy RPG that I kind of want right now. And so I've got Disgaea 1 and 2 on PC because they were like $6 on Green Man Gaming last week. And then I've played through the demo of 4 and 5 on the Vita and the Switch. And I will probably be grabbing 4 first because it's cheaper on Vita. Uh, it's about 30 bucks, and will probably go on sale because it's 60 uh, for 5 on the Switch. So that is straight up a cost thing just to uh, just to play it because 4 and 5 are fairly similar. Uh, 5 is just a better iteration of it. So I'm, I'm excited to play through those because I remembered when we were talking about it before that yeah, I played the first one of these on the PS2 back in the day and I liked it. I just didn't really even think about it anymore after that. I was like, I the more I went back and looked this week and played it on Steam or something, that it was like, yeah, I liked this game a lot. And so now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play these. So I really, I'm looking forward to playing through those. And then because I'm traveling and I'm going to have at least 20 hours of driving ahead of me, uh, that we're going to be splitting up, I need some portable games. And since I don't really want to pl- to pay for Disgaea 4 or 5, since I just got uh, Nino Kuni 2, I'm looking at mobile RPGs as well. And I remembered that Kimco, I don't uh, I don't know if those of you out there who who do this are, are huge JRPG fans, but Kimco back in the day made a lot of Super Nintendo RPGs. And a lot of those on top of other new ones were ported to uh, mobile devices years ago and uh, released for free and premium so that you could watch ads like when you opened up a map every once in a while, uh, watch a 30 second ad, or you can pay like the three or $4 to, to do it. And, I've been researching those and downloaded a bunch of them on my phone recently, and some of them are actually pretty good. Like, some of them feel like RPG Maker games, but uh, I found some of them here that that I like, that, that they, even though they're from a studio, they feel almost like uh, silly indie RPGs. So um, I'm going to be playing through probably the As Defined... <laughs> As Divine, A S D I V I N E, As Divine Hearts series, at least one and two, because they're actually pretty fun. They have decent enough systems on them. And apparently, the first one is on the Vita and PS4 on the. Uh, on the network. So it's $14 on those, and then it's like $4 on my phone. So I chose that one. <laughs> okay. Um, I've done I've read reviews and they're supposed to be some of the best ones that and one called Symphony of the Origin which is uh, also supposed to be one of the better ones and one called Revenant Dogma which uh is also supposed to be pretty fun. I've heard people place it up there on top mobile RPGs for them on a couple of lists. So yeah, you'll have to I'm let just going to try these out. I'm always looking um, for more uh, mobile JRPGs, so you have to let me. Well, I mean, the next one on your list is, too, Final Fantasy IV yeah, on Android. Final Fantasy IV. I bought Final Fantasy IV on Android when it came out, and I've never really played it because I've beaten Final Fantasy IV so many times in other ways, but I've never played the 3D remake any more than maybe an hour or so. So depending on how it goes tomorrow as I'm driving down uh, if I can keep my attention on one of these Kimco games I may be playing Final Fantasy 4 on Android um, even though I don't necessarily want to play a Final Fantasy game I'm actually trying to avoid Final Fantasy and Square games right now just to see what 
the kind of stuff I've 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 skimmed over more recently. Yeah, and, but I mean, uh, Chroma Squad you also have on here, which is definitely not Square. No, and I didn't know there was an Android version of it. So like, I bought it in a humble bundle for like a dollar a while back because you had talked about how great it was, and I've ne- I've had it installed and just never sat down to play it. It's kind of a Power Rangers parody love letter kind of game, and it's a strategy RPG, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a strategy RPG. It's I I think I beat it if not i played a lot of it um but yeah it's basically like power rangers it's not power rangers it's as if they were making like a super sentai show but a lot of it takes place where like you are the characters on a green screen or like on a set and a lot of the in-between upgrading and stuff is you upgrading the costumes or upgrading the props or upgrading, um, you know, like your giant mech with like new cardboard pieces. Like it very much leans into the fact that it is a show and not actually like the Power Rangers as if they were real life, but like Power Rangers or Super Sentai, if you were one of the people making the show week to week. Okay. So that's awesome. And I've had it on Steam forever and just never started it. And I also noticed that it's only $5 on Android as well. I'm sure there's an iOS port as, to, uh, as well. So so I know that since so many people have liked it, that I'll probably be okay to to play it and pay $5. So I also uh, I'll have installed on my Vita Legend of Dragoon, the old PS1 game. Did you ever play through it? Oh, yeah. I beat that game. I loved that game okay. at the time. I don't think it has aged well, but I remember loving it on PS1. Okay. I've never played it. So Austin said it was one of his favorite games on the uh, PS1. It was what got him to like RPGs in general. And now you've said that you loved it back then. So I'm going to try it. It may not hold up. It may be one of those that it's like, okay, I know other people who loved it and it's an ar- artifact of its time. I, I but I've installed really it. think that game is an artifact of its time, but I am curious what you think of it now. Yeah, so I'll probably start it this weekend if I don't get sucked into something else. I'm also eventually going to try Persona 5 because I want to know how great it is. So many people have talked about it, and it's one that I don't want to pay for. So I'm either going to Gamefly it or wait until a really cheap uh, PlayStation sale when they do a big sale and uh, try it then because I want to know about it, but I am... But it's uh, not on my high on my list, but I really want to try it, especially after you going back for a new game plus on it. Yeah, I mean, that's my game of the year when it came out. I love that game. I mean, so it may be something for me to like then. And then I I bought Sword Art Online Re-Hollow Fragment on PS4 recently. It was back whenever I was doing the kingdom hearts games that it was five dollars on playstation network and it's rated like four and a half stars it it's supposed to be a good jrpg sword art online game and austin actually convinced me to to buy it uh, because it was cheap and he was getting it so i haven't even i've installed it and haven't turned it on so i'll try it and see eventually and then i want to try that star ocean game that you couldn't get into and i can't remember which name it was do you remember no they all blend together for star ocean that's the one where you're trapped in a fantasy world for like 10 or 20 hours before it actually turns into a star ocean game that's why i couldn't get into it and that's why i want to try it because i love star ocean Ocean games like I loved the first Star Ocean and I think the first Star Ocean was actually a Japanese import that uh, I played as a ROM with an English 
with an English patch on it the same way I did so many RPGs when I was a teenager. So I haven't played one in a long time, but I'm kind of wanting to play that one. Uh, I want to give it a shot, so I'll probably do the same thing in Gamefly it at some point. But So right now, that's the backlog that I've got going. Like It's huge, and I may bounce off of some of these and not get through them, but I really want to do this because I'm finally like really excited to to have something to play like this because I've been really like I've talked a little bit about not wanting to be on my phone a bunch and even games like this I actually I guess Florence needs to be on here too even though it's not a JRPG but it's something I need to get in and do on my phone and, and take the time where playing a game like this gives my brain something to do that's not simply scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or something mindlessly this gives me something at least minorly mindful to do yeah, that's a good point. And then you said that you're also interested in Dragon Quest Eleven, right? Oh, it looks so cool. Like, have you seen it? Have you looked have, at it? No, it's totally on my radar. I'm waiting for, like, the official English reviews of it. But, I mean, it's it's very highly rated in Japan. But Japan yeah. loves Dragon Quest in a way that they don't really... Like, it is... Well, it's a sensation in Japan. It always has been. Oh, yeah. Um, They and have I- nostalgia for it in a way that we don't have here. And yes. The, the Dragon Warrior games for them are just like a whole phenomenon on their own. But this is the first one that I think might hook me. I mean, I've played Dragon Quest 1 and 2. Um, I finished both of those on mobile. And then I've tried, I think I've tried all of the other Dragon Quest games. And none of them have like grabbed me and held on to me. So I'm kind of right. hoping that 11 breaks that trend because it looks really interesting. It really does. And I've read reviews of it. I actually came across this today was I didn't know that 11 was coming out soon. And I just kind of ran across it looking on the Internet. Yeah, and, it's out in September, I think. Uh huh. And so I almost pre-ordered it, but I'm like, no, slow your roll, son. It's going to be okay. And uh, I read some reviews of the Japanese version, and in Japan it was getting good reviews, and even import reviews are good on it, that American players who have played it are are very positive toward it. So that gives me hope that maybe it'll be the Dragon Quest that hooks me as well, because I've played, never played through any of them but played multiple of them and i was looking at different ones on mobile as well that i thought about there's one i think it's eight maybe where you where you can uh, play it with one hand they've they've modified it enough to play as a portrait game with one hand on your phone that i thought looked kind of cool but i'm like i don't know i've never been able to get into one and then i saw seven or eleven and i was just that game looks awesome. Well, where I, it's... I almost pre-ordered it too, but then, um, well, it, it's a ways away. I don't usually pre-order that far ahead, but I was thinking about it, and then uh, they announced the release date, and it's coming out within a week of, and I'm totally blanking right now, one of the biggest releases of the year in September. It's coming out right like right before or right after. They're basically sending this game out to die because of where they put it on the release schedule. So really? instead of it, they really want it to like be a phenomenon in the West, and if they actually release it on the date they have for right now, I don't think it's going to be just because the release calendar, not because of the quality of the game. So 
I mean, for me, when I saw the other games coming out around it, I was like, oh, I can wait on Dragon Quest Eleven. Like, I'll just wait. I'll bide my time. Um, I'll probably pick it up later. After, like, you know, the crazy fall releases are done coming out, I'll swing back around to Dragon Quest. Well, looking at the list while you said that, like, I don't know if it's going to not be able to because it's Spider-Man that oh, comes Spider-Man. out three That's days it. later. That was the one. And yep. that one's going to be huge. I mean, people are going to go crazy. I'm going to go crazy over it. I mean, that's the the actual reason I chose to get a PS4 was because of the, the Spider-Man game at E3. Yeah, they're I mean, sending it out sh- to compete against Spider-Man in the West. I don't think that's going to go well for them at all. But they do have different target audiences as well, that not everyone who is a Spider-Man fan is going to be a Dragon Quest fan and vice versa. So maybe it will do it especially with there being a pc version of 11 coming out too it's not really about the target audience so much as the mind share at that time of year like you want the industry talking about your game right and if you Uh, put out a brand new dragon quest game that is made with the west in mind if you put that out sometime of the year when not a lot else is coming out the gaming industry podcast um news sites you know twitter like people will talk about that um if you put it out in september right when spider-man's coming out like they are writing they only can write so many articles do so many videos do so many podcasts in a week you are not going to get the same mind share and the same word of mouth that you would if you released it at a different time of year so that's that's my concern and i also actually forgot just kind of scrolling on this list as as we're talking about that with the different kinds like what's competing with one another and going to be able to get the going to be able to really get the attention that octopath traveler comes out in july and there's not a whole lot that it's competing with i mean captain toad's treasure tracker on switch is there uh, as a remake but again i think people the octopath traveler may get a lot of attention there as a jrpg and uh, i've liked the demo of it so far yeah i'm excited for that one i'm definitely going to pick up that game and then like i'm i'm still love a good jrpg i think i'm just more picky with them than you which is fine like i said you really are truly more a fan of the genre um than i am even though i really like jrpgs i'm just such a generalist in comparison but you know uh, i'm starting to think about the four job fiesta because that should be in june if i'm remembering correct i think it's in june um I'm contemplating a new Chrono Trigger playthrough. I think I might have a save do file it. somewhere, so I could do a new do game it. plus, which I've never done. Do it. Do yeah, it. Do it. Do it. It's do a good do game. It. Do it. Um, it is. It's it's one of my favorites, and it's. Uh, I actually started Chrono Cross. Uh, because of how much I loved it when I played through it the last time we did a JRPG episode. And Chrono Cross didn't hold up nearly as well as I'd hoped it would. But my goodness, Chrono Trigger is still a brilliant game. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It, it holds nuts. up in a way that not a lot of other games from the era do. Um, and then yeah. Persona 5, I know I keep talking about the new game plus. I think it's going to be a while now. It's It's still there. It's like my evergreen next time i run out of stuff to play i'm going to do a new game plus run of persona 5 i just need to find the time and then uh like i said yakuza 6 is kind of a jrpg that just you know in an action game wrapping and i've probably played it by the time you're listening to this because we're recording a week ahead um and then the other main game for the year that i'm excited for that i guess you could call it a jrpg is fire emblem for the switch which is more of a strategy rpg but it kind of falls into that jrpg uh, realm, don't you think? Now, when does that come out? Because, yeah, I include it in my mind. I always consider J- JRPGs and SRPGs as the kind of the same thing because of the the kind of overlap in terms of the story and equipment building and team building kind of stuff. Just it's a different battle system in my mind. It doesn't have a release date outside of 2018. So we'll probably uh, find out. 
um at e3 or right around e3 okay. which is coming up soon too Ooh, that'll be fun to talk about i always like talking e3 oh, true. <laughs> i love that feeling like where you're like oh now we can do our e3 episode it's yeah. like that sound uh, yeah that's it's, awesome. it's crazy to me that like our next episode is going to be infinity war also which is just yeah. crazy it's been 10 years in the making but anyway okay any final thoughts on jrpgs before we wrap up the main topic um like it's it's kind of crazy to me that i didn't realize this about myself i try to be really aware of of myself i try to be fairly reflective and then i just didn't realize i just assumed everybody cared about all of them that that it wasn't something that i really had even considered like this was just what i played growing up and what i did now and when you says like yeah of course you play jrpgs a lot you like all of them and it's like oh yeah i guess i guess i kind of do it's like i know so much about things of other ones and i actually felt kind of bad as i went through some of these like i went through vita and android like i said looking for the best games that i've missed and i've missed so many of them over like the last five years that have come out just that I didn't even realize were there because I'd stopped looking at non triple a square Enix style JRPGs. And now I'm very happy that I'm probably going to go back in and get some really awesome games that I'm going to play. Good. Well, I'm glad you finally realized it. That's good. You should listen to other stuff on the network. If you aren't already, uh, we have Geekitude with Joe and Ray these days, uh, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, The Comic Box. I have no idea what's on anybody's show this week because we're recording a week ahead, but you should listen to them because I will. Uh, weekly Geekery for this week. Again, we split our Weekly Geekery between last week and this week, so we don't have a whole lot because we're recording early, but... You tied into this JRPG episode because you've been downloading emulator, right? Yeah, actually, there is an emulator on Android called PPSSPP, and it's a PSP emulator. And it's uh, I've been playing some games I've been wanting to try, and I'm really I just wanted to reiterate what you said that Persona Three. Persona 3 Portable is one of the worst games I've ever played that I stopped so quickly in it that it had so much potential. And then I realized that I was, like you said, going through menus and playing a menu game with a a cursor on the screen and clicking on things. But it's not a point and click adventure. It's terrible. And I was... But then you get into battles that are JRPG battles later, and I'm like, I can't, I can't play this. But it's terrible. But I'm excited because I found that because I'm going to get to do stuff like Crisis Core and some other games like that that I never had a chance to before, just to give a shot that I actually don't like know if I'm going to like. So emulators on Android are actually really good these days. I played through Final Fantasy VI on one years ago and really, really liked them. So I, I started looking again, and I mean. Nino Cooney has taken up just about all of my spare time this week. I'm still watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'm still loving that. And as you guys are listening to this, I've either like just actually if you guys are listening to this i've been home for a day from my races so yeah um cheer me on uh, that way yes uh congratulate me but I- i'm prepping for the races and uh watching crazy ex-girlfriend a little bit and playing nino kuni too yes congratulations to future past you um <laughs> this week i played <laughs> A way out with my brother and it is do you know this game have you seen it no okay i haven't even seen this one it's a two-player only game and it's a simultaneous story with split screen co-op so oh cool the entire game you're both on screen outside of a couple cutscenes, but like those last for 
I don't know, maybe five minutes total out of like a six hour game. The rest of all it, right. you were both on screen at all times. And sometimes it'll like weight the story a little bit one way or another. So like you'll take up more of the screen than the other person. But it is two people playing through a story together. That's truly a co-op story. And I love the mechanics of this game. And it's like they made a ton of cool like mini sections of different gameplay, like almost different genres in a way, even though you're always controlling the same character. There's like a stealth game in here. There's a fighting game in here. There's a side scroller. There's driving. There's a shooter. There's a bunch of others that they just made like tons of mini games that are totally optional. And it's I don't know. I I really like the idea here. But some of the execution on the story side is lacking. So Mm. it's a game that, like, I'm so glad I played through it because I see the potential. And, like, the gameplay was was so worth playing through the game for. But the story itself is, like, a prison escape. And it was extremely obvious to me where the story was going to end up. Like, I think an hour or two in, I said something to my brother, like, hey, so X is going to happen at the end of the game, right? And he's like, did you look at spoilers? I was like, no, (laughs) it's just obvious. He goes, yeah, okay, because he had played through it already with somebody else. Yeah. And um, I was completely right, 100%. So if you don't mind, like, a prison escape and then, like, a kind of crime thriller story set in, I want to say it's, like, the 60s or 70s, somewhere in that range, it's good enough but mostly if you're looking for a very interesting co-op experience this is your game because you can only play it with two players you can play it online you can play it in person you don't have to play it in person though so he bought the game and if somebody else owns the game and they invite you to it you can download a free trial that lets you play the whole game with them for free that's awesome yeah it was really really cool so i'm glad that was an option because i probably wouldn't have spent money on it because but he already owned it, so he just had to invite me, and then I downloaded it. So that That is a fantastic business model for a multiplayer game. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like a modern version of couch co-op, right? One person yeah. buys the game, but then you can play with any of your friends, no matter where they are on the internet. And it's one of those... It, it truly is like a couch co-op experience, even though we were in different houses playing, because it's split screen. Like... Even when you're playing online, it doesn't just give you your view. It gives you the oh. split screen view. You guys are watching the exact same screen all the time, no matter what. That's okay. When I was thinking about online, I was sitting here thinking about how it would be a different experience, uh, a completely different experience than if somebody were there with you on the split screen. But if that's just the UI, it's not quite as different. No, I mean, it's still different is, than having someone beside you, but this is the closest I've ever had to couch co op without actually having couch co op. That is a really, really neat idea for a game. I'm I'm kind of blown away. Uh, that just sounds so interesting. That that just the two two players at one time that you have to play the game like that. That I wish there were more games like that. I think there are a couple more that I can't remember the names of. But like, I need to play some of these. Yeah, it was cool. It was a good experience. I think it's out on about ps4 and a couple other places we played it on origin so it's on pc for sure Ah. but i i want to say it's on ps4 and probably xbox one also i don't know you can look it up your mileage may vary anyway it was cool and i had to talk about it um 
Next week, we should be back with Infinity War, I believe, as long as nothing goes wrong and you make it back from your races, okay? And then the week after that, it will have been a couple weeks since we recorded. So we're just going to talk about your races and then just catch up on Geekery, I think, because we'll have a lot to talk about by then. That's true. Yep. We always do after we do a double recording. We do. It's kind of nice to not feel like we have to have a main topic and maybe the main topic just becomes your running, but we'll just catch up on whatever because i have a bunch of games that are coming out this week i haven't played them yet but i'll have like two weeks of them under my belt and then you'll have three runs and a trip to disney we'll have plenty to talk about when you get back yep and the 20 hours of driving back and forth where i'm uh, probably going to be playing tons of games that too but yes if you guys are listening to this you can give beach shout out on whatever social media because you will probably have just wrapped up races a couple days ago yeah um i hope they go well past future you you can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek to geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek to geekcast we also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geekcast we're on slack too so if you want to talk to us in real time go to slack.geektogeekcast.com for your invite and remember folks we're also part of a podcast network we may not know what they're doing this week but you can head over to geektogeekcast.com and find out for yourself it, uh, rob is probably doing another infinity war prep episode anyway that is I blog at agreemushroom.com you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beach that's beach with two e's and i'm now online at runningshoes.tv we've been void and beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye geeks Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the Geek2Geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.